This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Thank God for Sunday and Monday. Big news days in terms of off-ice stuff uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, there's, there's going to be more stuff uh, to come, I'm sure. But uh, big news days, specifically in the markets of Hamilton and Niagara. Both topics that we will be discussing Arena situation in Hamilton, which is number one right off the bat. We are getting right to that in five-ish minutes because Reese's rant is coming back. And Daniel, (laughs) I have a novel typed out. Yeah, I got the whole scoop typed out, Reese. Yeah. Did a lot of research this afternoon. There's a lot that went down. Um, Very unfortunate news, too, with the Bulldogs. I mean, and it's not even the Bulldogs, it's the city. Yeah. It's the city of Hamilton that's quite I mean, I won't get you going yet, but the city no. yeah. it's the city of Hamilton's fault because you could see this playing out. Yeah. Especially when this is the most uh biggest following hot that hockey in Hamilton's probably had. I mean, it's the best business it's probably the best business ops in the Ontario Hockey League. And it's pro- mm-hmm. like it's up. It's top three for sure. I mean, Hamilton does it right, um, but yeah, very big news there for sure. Yeah, yeah, that is topic one. As I mentioned there, Daniel Fitzgerald is no longer the head coach of the Niagara Ice Dogs. That is topic number two, and then of course, as we go throughout the show and round things out, goaltender of the week, player of the week, been announced. There's a show guest. Let's go. Show guest. Big Not a big week, deal. Big week for him. Um, and power rankings once again um, near the end of the show we will get to that uh, of course but yes here is topic number one something that's been kind of a crappy situation um, mm-hmm. there's been a few years that this has kind of been going on and uh, now it's finally finally coming out of course the article uh, in the spectator scott radley coming out of nowhere um, yeah uh bringing that one He's out basically out of nowhere mm-hmm. and then uh then michael ann lauer making a statement if you haven't read it yet bulldogs website um go read it which is interesting because the specs only been there once this year i mean yeah. we're at every game and they've only been there once this year so that's kind of a rat move with yeah. this uh article if I can say that without getting in trouble, but yeah, it, really. it is. I mean, you've the Specs only been to one game this year that I recall, and we're at every game. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a greasy move to post that right after the game Saturday evening as well. So that was very interesting. I'm not too uh, fond of that, but the city. This is this is totally on the city. The Bulldogs are in a tough spot here. They, I mean, they got the barrel here. He's like, there's not much they can do. Like it was twisted pretty good. So back in 20, and I have it all typed out here. I got like six paragraphs. So back in 2019, Reese, remember when we were at um, TSN 1150 with the internships, when it all started about building this arena up on upper Wentworth beside Lime Ridge mall. That was originally, Originally, there. I mean, they had the blueprint. They had everything written out, mm-hmm. and they had the seat. It was an eight thousand seat arena, I believe. There's a thousand less than London, and they had at least five thousand season ticket holders, I believe. So that's a lot. That is a lot. That obviously did not go through, courtesy of the city of Hamilton. Good job. Um, guys. Yeah, that'd be, and then. All of a sudden, in June, during the OHL finals, this is when the talk started to happen again with the upgrade. June is when meetings started about this upgrade, the renovation of First Ontario Senate. And it's downtown Hamilton. If you haven't been, it's right downtown Hamilton. Um, Park and Jackson Square, it's right connected. I get the city wants to clean up the area because it definitely does need cleaning up, the city. So... And that area itself, it can be a tough place to go. And I give the Bulldogs credit for trying to build an arena up on the mountain because that's the best spot to be in. That is the best spot for their ticket holders. 
they're season ticket holders, majority of them are from there. It's the billets all live out there. That's probably the best spot for the players, the fans, for the executive, for everybody with the Bulldogs. That was probably the best stop, best spot. That didn't happen. So this one renovation started. The original plan, I believe, was supposed to be, and in the articles last summer, this summer, was it Reese, like in August, mm-hmm. when they had articles coming out about this renovation? Yeah, and they had I all always, those. They had all those pictures yeah, and kind of. Yeah, they had all those pictures kind of yes. come out and show what it would With the look like, and it looked actually really cool. Yeah, by the way, that is very important detail. Those photos were with Bulldogs logos, not the Toronto Rock, which I'm going to get to as part of my rant, but Hamilton Bulldogs <laughs> logos <laughs> were in those pictures. Yes, and that's and that's the part I have here. So the original plan... I believe was supposed, and in the article in the summer, the article was supposed to be about the renovation was going to take a few off seasons, not just two years, because this is something that came out of came out of nowhere for Mister Anlau. Mm-hmm. This came out of nowhere for him, and the original plan was going to be like how Roger Sun is doing it during the Bulldogs, who are the primary tenant of the building. They were going. During their offseason, that's when they were going to renovate the arena. The Bulldogs, like in the the statement released by Mr. Ann Lauer on Sunday evening, said that they are in Hamilton. This is a Hamilton team. They don't plan to go anywhere else. That is the first thing that I want to make sure people know. This team is in Hamilton two years from now. They're not going long term. This is a this is the Hamilton Bulldogs. No matter where they go, they're going to be called the Hamilton Bulldogs, and it's just surprising to me. Where then on Saturday evening after the game, there's a statement released, and I believe it was on Twitter from the Spectator, that the city of Hamilton has announced that the teams in First Ontario Center are going to have to find somewhere else to go. So that's very surprising to me. So then that goes on. The in the venue itself in First Ontario Center Reese, I don't know about you, but it has been a flop. That building has never been to what it, the people that run the city wanted it to be. You know, and the fact we've heard from multiple different sources around the team that they had the Hamilton, they had the Phoenix Coyotes back in 2010, 2009, whenever that was. They had the Phoenix Coyotes. It was probably, it's probably the closest the Phoenix Coyotes have ever moved. It's probably the closest they've had to move it. It was that close, but it was too aggressive. It was too quick. And obviously Gary didn't like that. But that's from what I heard. And the team's not going anywhere, but it definitely hurts. They were told Four, three, four years during the off season, it was going to be. That's what the article stated in the summer, and now all of a sudden, two years renovations in the building. What happens? And this is the the final point I want to get to about this. Venues that can play in for the next two years. So, in my opinion, I think Mountain's number one. Dave Andrew Chuck Mountain Arena up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. I think that's number one. Two, I think possibly Civic. The problem is. And I know people are going to get all over me. Civic Center the in Brantford, is, by the way. Yes, thank you. Yeah. The problem is when you go to the other side of Hamilton toward Toronto area, the price increases. It increases. Yeah. I've heard so many people say, and by the way, I'm tired of getting the messages about this move, and so that's why I'm kind of venting about it too. But the problem is if you go to Toronto – it costs $75,000 to turn the lights on in a venue. Every single game, not a chance. Not a chance. There is a reason why the Brampton Battalion moved out of Powerade Center. One, nobody supported it. Too much money to rent that venue. Do you think people are going to drive from Hamilton to Brampton to watch the Bulldogs play? Heck no. In February, January, February, do you think they're going to be able to drive to there? To watch those games, not a chance. Mm. There is not a chance. And also, 
Mr. Anlauer, by the way, the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs, Michael Anlauer, probably one of the best owners, probably the biggest influencer in hockey in Hamilton. Has to be. He brought this team back, had an American Hockey League team there. He is hockey in Hamilton. He's probably one of the biggest faces in hockey Ontario in general. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this turn into a publicly funded arena up in the mountain toward Ancaster way. So it's not in Hamilton, it's in a different city, but it's close enough to keep your fans and you don't have to move billets. Cause if they put a team in Brampton, how are you going to get 16 year olds, 17 year olds that can't drive yet by themselves from Hamilton to Brampton for a Friday night home game? It sucks driving to Mississauga for a Friday night home game. Oshawa from Hamilton. It's tough rush hour. So to go to a home game, go to practice, go to practices and stuff, go from school. Yeah. It's, it's tough to do. It is tough to do. And finding new billets and doing all that stuff isn't easy. I think they're going to go to the mountain. I really do. I think they'll go to the mountain or Civic Center in Brantford because that's the best way to go. And don't be surprised if they go out and do the, if they go out and do the publicly funded arena. Because I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Mr. Hedlauer, I mean, you saw what he's done. The outdoor game last year, the OHL finals. I mean, giving away 5,000 rings at the home opener. Those weren't cheap. Those were $1,000 rings. Those were not cheap. The, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Because I would say, and I, Reese, we've been around the team now for a year yeah, almost a full year now. We've saw it firsthand up and close, up close. The views on the audio network are booming. The season tickets are booming. The attendance, yes, it's down this year, I believe, but it's early. They haven't played a lot of home games. And look at what other but markets have been. It's there. Look at Niagara. Look at Niagara. Yeah. Niagara's dropped the most. Niagara's only averaging like 3,000 fans a game. Yeah. That's terrible for how they used to get five to six. And five's being generous. But yeah, 5,300 is capacity at Meridian Center. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's really not that bad this year. And all their stuff is going. Hey, go on, go on their website right now at home. When you guys get home tonight or however you can, go on their website, go on their shop, try to buy a jersey on their shop. Try to buy a Bulldogs jersey. They're the only team in the Ontario Hockey League where you can't because they're sold out. They are booming. They are fine. It is there. The fans are there. And that's just my point to prove that. The audio network views are there. There's people in the seats. Season tickets are up. Everything is up. So... In my opinion, it's on the city, and yeah. the Bulldogs got blown. This got taken out of nowhere for that. Yeah. It like the original. This was not the original plan for the team, and it's very unfortunate that it's going to be like this because you have to find a. It's a scramble now to find a place, and we will see. Yeah. But yeah, that's my. Uh, that's the final thing I had. All right, here we go, Wardy. So yeah, let it out, please. We've got. Maybe seven or eight minutes. We'll see. See how she goes. Uh, before I start this as well, um, I just want to let everyone know this has nothing to do with us being on the Bulldogs Audio Network. This yes, very no- true. This has nothing to do with us being the hosts of the Hammertown podcast covering all things Bulldogs. This has nothing to do with us being in the playoffs with the Bulldogs in the media booth in the press conferences all the way up till game seven of the OHL finals. Yeah. Nothing at all. I'm putting that out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. So to your arena point, Mm -hmm. 16 mile sports complex is not going to happen. That is not (laughs) a thing that is going to happen. 1500 fans at an Olympic sized arena. That is not going to happen. You might as well get that idea. That is a horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Secondly, 
this proves my point from when I tweeted out when the Mississauga Steelheads came out about their arena lease and what is going on with the city of Mississauga and the Steelheads. This proves my point. We are not in a hockey province in Ontario. We are in an NHL province. The Leafs, who haven't won a cup since 67. The Ottawa Senators. Yeah, couldn't sell out a playoff game. Great job, Ottawa. Once people realize that the city doesn't care anything about they want the big wanting team. hockey to succeed in their own city. They want fans to go out, boost the bars, right. get, buy food, buy drinks when the Leafs are playing. Yeah. The Hamilton Bulldogs are one of the most successful franchises in the Ontario Hockey League in the last seven years since they moved from Belleville. They have two, two championships. Plus, absolutely, like you said, some of the best business ops out there. Yeah. Everything's up. The city of Hamilton has no idea how much the Bulldogs actually mean to this market and to the fans. They have no idea. Not a clue. Because if they did, never there. this wouldn't be They're a never problem. There. Absolutely. I, I, I understand. Agree. I understand. Steel City, this is Tiger Cats are the number one team. I understand that. That's not going to change. The tie cats are number one, and I fully understand that. Yeah. I fully understand why they are. Try the Bulldogs. Why the Bulldogs? Try the Bulldogs adapted that yeah. motto with the black and the yellow. It's yeah. why they went to that. But somebody name me the last time they won a championship, and yeah. somebody name how many championship teams we have seen at First Ontario Center in the last seven years. That counts the Bulldogs. <laughs> that counts the Honey Badgers. Honey that doesn't count the Toronto Rock. Stop calling it Hamilton's team. The Toronto Rock is not Hamilton's team. They're Stop discount. calling them that. That's not a thing. They are there renting out an arena. There's a reason their name is still the Toronto Rock. They are not Hamilton's team. Let's stop that debate right now. 100%. My final point, and this will be a little bit more mellow. I'm really interested to know what happens when Horvath officially takes office. I am I really interested to know what happens yeah. when she takes office. Not that this is going to be priority number one. There's probably a lot Good of bi- bigger problems out there than an arena. It's, yeah. I don't think that's yeah. out of the picture to say. Well, but well, Reese, for, sorry, go ahead. For, no, for, for a city, for a city that's suffering, they gotta stop trying to act like Toronto. Yeah, be be your identity. That's the problem here with Hamilton. They're trying to be like how Toronto is, but it's not. And I 100% agree. I don't know if this even happens when the office changes because of that. I mean, Mr. Andlauer is one of the most crucial figures of Hamilton. If he leave, if he leaves the city, that yeah. downtown building in the heart of downtown is vacant. Yeah. It is done. It that would be the biggest flop of an arena in Ontario. Well, well, well and where's your business right now at that arena, other than the Bulldogs? Currently, nothing. Currently, what nothing minus concerts con- and any shows. But really, yeah, there but hasn't been a whole lot. The big concerts, like the big name artists. Are going to go down the road to Toronto. It's only forty-five minutes right. down the road. You're right. You're they right. are going to they are going to yeah. Scotiabank Arena or Rogers Center. You're right. They are not going to First Ontario Center. Yeah. So in problem. So so I'm really interested to know what happens with Andrea Horvath and and uh, you know her being sworn in as the new mayor because clearly Eisenberger has screwed this up big time with the great amount of communication that they have had with the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. You could see it in the statement. It makes absolutely no sense to me why this is an issue. I understand if you want to get the rentals done as quick as possible. Does this make the most sense? Yeah, it probably does. But the Hamilton Bulldogs have been successful enough where 
you shouldn't have to kick them out of their own building. You yes. shouldn't have to absolutely close down one of the biggest revenue places in downtown Hamilton. It definitely is throughout. Yeah, throughout the winter. Yeah, let's be real. Not a yeah. whole lot goes on there in the summer. But this shouldn't have been a problem from day one. This is clearly a situation of nobody really caring about any of the tenants that are in there right now. Absolutely. And it it it's mind-boggling how yeah. bad this situation is for the Ontario Hockey League, for the Hamilton Bulldogs, and for the city of Hamilton. Yeah. It it makes absolutely no sense why we had to find out in a newspaper article when it wasn't even supposed to be leaked. But again, that's what you call really good journalism and really good investigative journalism about what's going on. Um, yeah. But, but at the same time, it should not have happened that way. Um, that's a real easy way to piss off people who live in your city that enjoy Bulldogs games. Yeah. So the rant is over. It was, about six minutes, I'm just yeah, six you or know, seven minutes. I'm just be be better, be better. Yeah. This is this is not Toronto. The Leafs do <laughs> you know not what? play in Hamilton. There is a reason the Bulldogs play at four o'clock on Saturdays because they are smart yeah. enough to realize that the Leafs play at seven, and once that happens, no other hockey exists in the province. Yeah. So exactly. That's that's my point. That's that's what I wanted to say. That that's what really irritated me about the situation. And again, not because we're part of the Bulldogs Audio Network, not because we host a Hamilton Bulldogs show. It's because the OHL is the best development league in junior hockey, and it will continue to be for a very long time. And the Hamilton Bulldogs have proven that over the last seven plus years now. So, yeah, let's figure it out, City of Hamilton, because this is embarrassing. You clearly don't care enough about the Bulldogs. You care about making money and making money quickly. So, yeah. And 100%. that's the world. That, that's what the world is today, unfortunately. That's why it cost your family $1,500 to go to a Maple Leafs game. Yes. So. It's a joke. It's a joke. It really is. It's devastating. And honestly, I'm not really going to sugarcoat this, but we're, we're pissed. You're pissed about this. Um, and it sucks. It really does. And it's tough, right? Like Sunday evening, I received up to like 20 to 30 messages about this situation. Just because like a partnership with the Bulldogs and we're at every game. And quite frankly, we're the only media market that cover the team. We're the only That's media fair. market that cover yeah. the team. You're right. I mean, I've only saw, I've only saw one one other media member there this year. It was a home opener. Since the home opener, since the home opener, there's been nobody else in that press box besides us. And once there was a visiting team, North Bay. But other than that, there hasn't been no media. And that's what kind of got me about this, about that, Reese, with with the leak. Because, one, it is good journalism. It is good journalism. To find yeah, Scott, out, too- Scott Radley, great at his job. Absolutely. He's, yeah. he's really good. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree there. It's just devastating to see, you know, after a win Saturday evening, it should be a good mood. But you go in the you go by the dressing room there, and we always leave by there, and there's nothing going on. It's just quiet. And that's devastating. That is devastating. And at the end of the day, it sucks for the kids. It does. It really sucks for the players. Think about this. Merrick Vanacker, their 16-year-old, he won't play in First Ontario Center until after he's drafted in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah, his, his OHL draft year will be pissed, at a man. non-OHL rink. Yeah, I'm pissed. And that's another thing. That's another thing with the 4 o'clock games on a Saturday afternoon. Hamilton is the best spot for an NHL scout to go. It, for an Ontario Hockey League region scout, Hamilton Saturday afternoon games at 4 o'clock is the best game to go to if you're a scout. 
four o'clock on a Saturday. That's perfect. Okay. So the ice dogs play at seven. Boom. After the game, get to Niagara, get there just a couple minutes after puck drop. We'll do two games in one day. Oh, I want to go to Guelph, go to Kitchener for a seven thirty start. Yep. Boom. You're there before puck drop. It's such a good spot. Mississauga, you know, like it's such a good spot, but it's, this is devastating. And it's the city screw up. It is the city's fault. Yeah. Um, and this came kind of out of left field, out of nowhere. But there will be an announcement soon where they're going to play. I would say up by next show, there will be an announcement because yeah. next show, next show, we will have a guest from the Hamilton Bulldogs on to talk about it. Yeah. To talk about the arena situation. Yeah, and and it, it's something that had to happen really quickly because you obviously have to do a little bit of renovations to any arena that you and go to. Schedule comes out. Yeah, exactly. Arena availability has to be out too by Christmas for the league. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that. That's our two cents on the situation. Um, frustration, clearly. But uh, be better, yeah. city of Hamilton. That's that was pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> Yeah, just gonna just gonna clear code it. Uh, we're pissed. <laughs> we're not happy. It's yeah. not good. Um, not a fun situation to be in. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, time for a break. Uh, we need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> when we come back, well, well, the other dogs made some news. Uh, the Niagara <laughs> Ice Dogs letting <laughs> Daniel Fitzgerald go. So uh, uh, we will get to that next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. All the content is up there uh, for you to view. Of course, the link in all of our bios leads to our website, Joel Vanderland. Uh, Brandon Caputo articles are up there, so go read them. They're pretty good. Um, Again, at the OHL in 60 podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It is headline segment. and. Thank you, Niagara Ice Dogs, for making news <laughs> on Monday. Hey, Not that it's it, under good circumstances, but it's news. So is it just me or whenever there's news in the entire hockey league, the Niagara Ice Dogs kind of have to do like that one upmanship and we'll be like, oh, okay, you do that, all right. Yeah. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the 10 speed bicycle. <laughs> no. You know, the kids on the schoolyard when you show up with a bike yeah. and you're all pumped, and then the next day some kid comes with, like, a better bike. I feel like that's the Niagara Ice Dogs. Yeah. I just compared them to a schoolyard bike incident. But, yeah, that's, that's the vibe I get. I mean, oh, hey, man. we can do that, too. Anything you can do, we can do better. <laughs> Colin Ward singing on the podcast. <laughs> that's a first. That's a first. Yeah, it is. Um, Daniel Fitzgerald no longer. Press box the head coach of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Niagara 4-10-3 through their first 17 games. They've lost three in a row, including weekend in Kingston and Ottawa. It's a lot of teams do. Yeah. yeah oh God. Especially this year with Ottawa. Yeah. Um, hey, here's just a quote from Darren Dobler. If you want to read the full article, OntarioHockeyLeague.com. Uh, he goes on to say, it was a very difficult decision. This is a performance-based position, and we felt that our team is a lot better than the record shows. Daniel is one of the highest character people I have known, and this was a difficult decision to make. Um, taking over, and I can confirm, it is on an interim base. You don't have to worry about the interim tag turning into a head coach tag. Um, Jeff Angelitis is that interim head coach right for 99ers connection. Uh, he's part of that coaching staff in the OJHL. He's played at number of different levels. He's been in the OPJHL NCAA and he's coached in the GTHL GOJHL and of course the OJHL. So, um, he will take over for Dan Fitzgerald. 
Colin Ward, your <laughs> reaction when this Not got surpri- sent out on Twitter? Not surprised. I mean, I kind of expected it. Um, watch them play. Once the Wamsley happened, and by the way, for Niagara region or anyone wondering with pronunciation, it's Rick Wamsley. I've heard some Wamsleys. Uh, it's Wamsley. Uh, Norfolk guy. Norfolk guy. I got to stick up for my guy, right? Yeah, so, boy, Love that. Um, it's Wamsley. Yeah, out of Simcoe, Ontario. So, Ooh, Simcoe. go folk. But, yeah, yeah, you know, a couple OBA championships there, but not a big deal. Um, most of them brought to you by Delhi, Ontario. That's, that's, that is, that is <laughs> Norfolk's backbone. That, to, to go the inner campaign. Okay, Will Ferrell. Uh, Delhi is this nation's backbone. And hey, you're welcome, Matty Rowe. Matty Rowe, Matty Rowe wants me to quote more Will Ferrell on the show. So there you go. Delhi is Norfolk's backbone. Yeah, Yeah, you got to hit up Dave's variety. What do you mean? That thing holds Delhi (laughs) together. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, what a, you know, I'm not really surprised about this. Again, up 89 goals. And they just can't defend. And I watched, and yesterday afternoon, I really dove deep and watched, when I got home, I really dove deep into watching a lot of video of them in the defensive end on their penalty kills. And they're set up in the breakout, too, at even strength. It's stuff that I went through in Adam. It's just too, it's just like, it's very predictable. And, yeah, they did a lot of adjustments. And that goes back to my point. Once Rick Wamsley, who we can confirm, was on the trip with the Ice Dogs, he, he was, that hiring makes sense now because as a consultant, he was probably there to watch the coach. That's probably what he was there to do. He was there to watch the coaching staff. He was there to do that. And that was the results – and the results that came in that Kingston-Ottawa trip weren't great. In the game on Saturday, I believe, against the Ottawa 67s, it was just too much to handle, and the, the move had to be made. It's a business. You know, Fitzgerald, he's a really good guy, says the right things. Um, and, you know, best of luck. Best of luck. He'll get another opportunity behind the bench. If, if for sure, it's an assistant. He'll get an mm-hmm. opportunity. But mm-hmm. it's a business. And unfortunately in the business, you're going to get fired and it's going to happen. And I have a good one too. And I don't want when TSN 1150 made some changes there. I remember I had an instructor and I won't, I don't say names or anything, but I remember he told her class at Mohawk Reese. I know you know who it is. He comes in and the person goes, remember if you find a significant other and you're in the world of sports media, or anything in sports, tell that person that you're with that there's a good chance you're going to get fired once or twice. So just, hey, get used to it type thing. And always have a resume on hand because it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's that's coaching. You're going to get fired. You're going to get part of ways with whatever you want to say. It's going to happen. And that's what happened. I'm not as surprised, but when I saw the Wamsley hiring, that's when I figured something was going to happen because – the week before the Wamsley hiring, they were talking about all these hands-on practices and stuff, but then you give up more shots on goal and you give up more more goals against. It didn't get better. It got worse. So the move had to be made. And also watching those games uh, yesterday afternoon, I watched like 15 games. They give up 8 to 10 two-on-ones a game. That's what I saw. That's too much. Mm-hmm. So it's not all on the goaltending here. It's on structure. It's not all on coaching either. Mistakes are players. And yes, I know the the quote where coaches only get you so far and players get you over the hump, which is very true. It's very true. But there is a case there where it's not all you know. You know whether to pinch or not to pinch. That's on the player. So yeah. it's not all on the coach, but. It just went too long, and there had to be a change. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and that proves the point of the to be specific, the 2019 Niagara Ice Dogs. Um, Joey Burke got the players. They lost yeah. in the second round to Oshawa. Well, 
winning the first two and losing the next four. Um, yeah. yeah, it's tough to look at the guy sitting up upstairs who made all those trades and say, oh, it's his fault. He uh, didn't rate, make the right moves. Even they don't though, make the roster. Even though Joey Burke went out and got Jason Robertson and Jack Stadnika. But, uh, yeah, yeah there, there was a reason they didn't win in 2019. And and like you said, it something had to change, um, you know, with, with the moves in the offseason, you kind of expected something different. And we, we were part of that. We expected this team to be a lot better. We expected them to compete yeah. a lot harder than this. And it just hasn't happened. And I think I said six to eight. Yeah. And they're in last right now. So yeah, it doesn't look good. It just, it, it's just tough. And you, you mentioned the goals against Wardy. I did the math on a calculator. I did not do it in my head because that would that'd be <laughs> that'd pretty be... tough. But uh, the Ice Dogs are averaging 5.23 goals against per game. Not one league in this world are you going to win giving up five-plus goals a game. That oh, is 100%. impossible. And you said something had to change. It, you and know, it did. So You know my opinion on goaltending games. Uh, what a good game is. What gives your team a chance to win? It's like pitching. Goalie, mm-hmm. you, know, you know how many goals you – can give up to give your team a chance to win and i always say this three or less you should win the hockey game um or have a very good chance of winning that hockey if you have three or less goals Mm -hmm. so that's way too much that's way too much and it's not like these goalies don't make the extra saves you always see josh rosen swag and owen flores on the highlights of the night on the highlight reel you always see a save at least once a week you'll see an ice dog goaltender make a big save that's a goal that's a goal. And mm-hmm. at games, I, and you know this, at games, I like to mark grade A opportunity saves, like for sure goals. Yeah. And I like to mark those off. Saturday, Tristan Malbuff, by the way, is won his first win of the season. Congrats, Tristan, of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, he made five grade A saves. Five. That's incredible. That's the most this year by far mm-hmm. in a game. And the Niagara Ice Dogs for games that I saw, I mean, it's tough because they play Saturdays and the Bulldogs play Saturdays and we got to be in Hamilton, but the games I see on their highlights and stuff, they do make the extra saves. It's one of those things where their penalty kill looks terrible. I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed right now in the fifth deck. That's how bad, that's how leaky the penalty kill is. There's so many holes in that. There's so many holes. It was like how we said about Oshawa with the scene passes getting through mm-hmm. early on in the year, and teams can pick that apart. It's Niagara is so similar now where you can see all these passes getting through. At the beginning of the year, beginning of the year, I thought Niagara did a really good job in gap control. I remember walking out of that game against Mississauga saying to you that, like, this team looks night and day different. It feels different. It looks different. Everything looks different with this team. Remember telling that to Brandon Caputo on the Dog Pound podcast as well, who covers the team. And I remember telling him that, like, you guys look totally different here, man. Like, everything looks, looks different. Like, what's it like uh, by the room? Like, is it different? He told me it was different. And all around, the vibe was just different. The atmosphere was different. And it, you just, right now, they're just finding a way to get back into their old ways. And obviously, Obviously, number one, the problem, and this is by far the problem. We might do a Twitter poll on this, Reese. Who loses games, GMs or coaches? Because every single time the Ice Dogs lose a couple games in a row, there's a trade. They have four or five cards left. It's November. That's terrible. That's terrible uh, roster management. How the heck, and we've both been on a lot of teams, Reese, how do you get into a team and how do you get team bonding and feel comfortable with teammates mm-hmm. when every five games there's someone new in the dressing room? It's impossible. It's legit impossible. So that's another thing, too, where they start to lose. Nobody really has any chemistry. You see it on the ice. So that – and then you go into Windsor, and what? You had five defensemen, ten forwards, was it? Yeah. That's why I think GMs lose games. And in this case, I believe the GMs lose games in this spot. I think it's the GM, not not the head coach. Yes, I think the head coach system needs to change, most definitely, because like I said, it, the system, I see something, all the detailed stuff, like the flat-out eye candy stuff that you can see that's eye-catching, 
is stuff that my teams didn't add them. So I think that's uh, kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. Ice Dogs, eighth on the power play this season. They are 19th on the penalty kill. So, yeah, 70% is their PK. They have given up 23 power play goals this season in 17 games. That is second most in the Ontario Hockey League. And shocker, the worst team on the PK has the most. Uh, it is the Guelph Storm. They've given up 30 power play goals on the season in 19 games. So, And by the way, for the clarification, Angelitas was on the trip, not Longley. So that's just clarification on that one. All right. Dan Fitzgerald done in Niagara. That is headline number one. Where do you want to go for number two, Wardy? There's a couple of couple of spots we could go to. Dave, well, quick stat of the Dave Cameron win milestone we caught on Thursday evening. He has more ties than OT losses. Just a quick uh, yeah. tip drill. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you wrote that down too. That's clutch on you for for doing that. Out of boy. Hey. Yeah. Um, 45 ties, 40 OT losses. That's mind-blowing. I hate ties. That caught me off guard. Yeah, I hate ties, too. Ties was the dumbest thing invented. I think that ties in the National Football League in a regular season are dumb. Point one, for me, thinking that the CFL is better. Two, not just because the Denver Broncos suck right now. And, yeah, I'm not getting going about that. But, yeah, offensive line sucks. Russell Wilson sucks. Coach sucks. Everything sucks. Steelers ending this week. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, that's yeah, that uh, we that was really interesting when Absolutely. we saw that stat. And I've got a sponsor for the stat, by the way. I didn't realize you were going with a sponsor or with a uh stat of the week. Sorry, but... I just want to do a quick pitch. No, drill. you're good, man. Quick I got on that. I got the perfect quick puck on net, get the whistle. Yeah. That uh that stat of the week is brought to you by green lights. That means you don't step on your brakes. That's the sponsor for this week. <laughs> I forgot about that story. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it, but I forgot about that. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, no Dry. problem. I had a, I had an interesting, interesting uh, exchange with a driver hey, in front of me that felt the think... need to hit their brakes on a green light. So, who would have thunk it that we'd have to put beside the green light? And beside yeah. the orange, start to slow down, and then put on the red. Stop. Yeah. We'll drive. Green means go. We'll put for yellow. I don't know. Red. We'll put <laughs> stop. You don't go. You do not go. You stay behind the white line. Who would have thunk it? We needed pictures and like words. People still wouldn't read it. Maybe you put it on a cell phone, then it would work. Yeah. But yeah, a lot yeah, of still... a lot of head scratchers out there, Reese. Yeah, I still love the stories. Working in a body shop, you hear all the stuff, right? And um, you know, you get the you get the guy, stories, you get the guys right? that come in. Hey, yeah, I'd like an estimate. I backed into a pole. Oh, what happened? You know, my sensors didn't go off. Yeah, like what are we doing? Do your eyes not work? Hey. What? Like, look behind you, you moron. <laughs> I've never understood that. Why do we hyped. why do we gotta rely on sensors? Use your freaking eye. We make more money off of fears and stupidity than anything. Ontario, yours to discover? <laughs> is that what it was? Is that what it is? Is it is it still yours to discover? I think so. The quote yeah. on the license plate, or is yeah. it cha- changed? I don't know if it changed but with anyways, some guy in a suit at Queens Park wanting to change our license plates. Yeah, suit and ties. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Go to a Leaf game if you want to see suit and ties. That's Pretty basically nice. the lower level at a Leaf game. But, yeah, wow. Hey, by the way, not to sound too arrogant or co- overconfident, right. the last, like, what, 10 games, I've backed in, and you've been in my car. There is no backup camera. I've backed in, first try, perfect, in yeah. the lines, last 10 yeah, games. You have. I am on an absolute heater right now, and I am fired <laughs> up. Every single time I back in straight to the lines, I get pumped. I mean, we're playing – just a city boy born and raised in South Detroit type stuff here. Go Wings. But, yeah, what – like, I am on absolute heater right now. 
So I just wanted to mention that as we we're talking about driving because I, I got that. it. Like if maybe I should teach driver's ed, do a driver's ed podcast. So 10 over two, uh, check your blind spot, check your mirrors. Don't be dumb. Green means go. Red means <laughs> don't go. It's simple. that. Hey, that should be question What's number one mean? on the G one test. Do you be dumb? Yes or no? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> no, you don't. But the, it really is spelling. simple. It really is. But the yes or no different. That that should like be a that, that should be a Jim Taddy yes or no guy segment. Oh, if we got Jim Taddy on, that would be incredible. That segment. <laughs> There'd oh, be man. so much wealth of knowledge going on. It would That'd be, be hilarious. There'd oh, be like twenty. It'd be like an hour conversation. We'd probably talk about three or four things. OHL probably majority of the bulldog situation. Yeah, being a Hamilton native, he gets the picture. But that would be very interesting for sure. And then the Red Wings, of course. Oh yeah, big Wings fan. Yeah. Um, headline number have- two is U uh, seventeens. Come to an end. A couple of OHLers, part of the U17 All-Star team. Shocker, Sam Dickinson is one of those guys. And the other one is... Another thing is the Niagara downfall. ...of the Ottawa 67s. Again, shocker, a guy from the team that is 15-1. and So, um, kind of saw that coming. But, uh, yeah, Dickinson's Canada Black team, they were fourth in the tournament. They lost in the bronze medal game to Finland 7-1. to uh, Dickinson had a goal and an assist in seven games, of course being the former fourth overall pick in the 2022 OHL priority selection. Seven points in his first 11 games uh, with the London Knights. And for Muse, he was sixth with Canada White. Part of the... Part of the group that led this tournament in scoring, he had eight points, two goals, six assists, six games uh, Canada White played. Uh, he wore the C for that team as well. Um, he was the seventh overall pick from the 2022 OHL priority selection. He's got seven points in his first 11 OHL games. They're coming back to the OHL this week, so buckle up. Cool. Yeah, get there, get to see them play. And by the way, I have two. I have two headlines here, Reese. First, All right, one, go for it. You were, able, you were able to see London Knights this weekend. We're an absolute heater. Um, Zachary Bowen, incredible game Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, he. They he have was a goalie. So good. <laughs> they have another goalie. Look out! I was gonna say um, Brett Brochu didn't even dress that night. Yeah, he stayed home. Yeah. But very interesting here. The London Knights starting to get going. And I say that as Mr. Shane Wright hasn't played in Seattle and Hackstall there isn't going to play unless he's forced to by management. Honestly, the London Knights are a perfect trade candidate. If that's true about him being on the trade block coming back, that was tweeted out by Jeff Merrick. But Hashtag real insider. Yes. Um, we support. Um, but if that's the case, Reese, London should be all over that. I don't know about you, but when I when I watched London play this weekend, I'm thinking, man, if they pick up Shane Wright, that's the piece they're missing. Yeah. That is the piece they're missing. If they get Shane Wright, they look identical of how the Hamilton Bulldogs look last year. The defense core is really good. Mm-hmm. Goaltending is very good. They get the Aka who can score. They have McGurn, who I absolutely love. He buzzes. And then they got Mr. Showguest now, player of the week. Not a big deal. And Brody Crane have a week. but He looks really good in Windsor. Yeah. yeah Both ends of the ice. Yeah, him, Isaiah George. I, like You're starting to see the draft uh, come out. And Logan Mayu as well, absolutely buzzing. Yeah. But this team, if you were to pick up a guy like Shane Wright, they can go on a run. This like that's a perennial contender if they picked up a guy like Shane Wright. So that's a story. That's one there where London Knights, if they were to make that trade, I think they, Seattle would send mm-hmm. Shane Wright back yesterday if the mm-hmm. London Knights had his rights. Yeah, well, it, that's, it was, that's one there. 
you know, you make you pull the trigger on that. Yeah. You have all the pieces to win a championship if you're lucky. Yeah, it, it was amazing to see that game on Saturday, right? Obviously, you expect yeah. it to be very competitive despite where the, both teams are in the standings. Windsor up near the top, London down in the bottom three, four um, in, in the Western Conference. Windsor did not look like they wanted any part of that game. And London played well. I'm not, I'm not taking it away from London. They played very well. The Windsor Spitfires were so out of sync in that game. So many passes, missing sticks, going down the ice for icing. <laughs> Um, oh no, savvy. you know, just, just, just the inability to really get to bow. And they had a couple chances in front of the net with the, you know, with some scrums, but really all night it was, you know, once in one shot and you're done and London comes yeah. back the other way. And especially in that first period yeah. when they lit up Matt Onishka. Um, but yeah, it was like, it, it looked like the Knights were back and the London Knights were the yeah. London Knights again. And, George Diaco had a lot to do with that. Credit to the front <laughs> office, Mark Hunter, for going out to get him. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, that's the thing with the Knights. They're back. Yeah. And that's the thing about the Knights, right? Where they're so patient mm-hmm. and they're so in house, which it, Mark, Mark and Dale Hunter, Mark Hunter is always in house. You know, he doesn't leak things. Um, Man, and, and, that's, and by the way, that was back. Most- boringest third period of all time london completely said yeah we got six we're good let's go home yeah like yeah, that was know, the, that was a perfectly afternoon. played third period for a 6-1 man man this team is so structured and sometimes in i mean growing up with season tickets for the london knights you grow up around this and you see the system where sometimes the games in london like for the knights can be so boring because they're overstructured, and it's so and it's such a good hockey game when it's like that because you can see the team sticking to the details, sticking to the script type thing. Mm-hmm. But the Knights play their system very well, and one because they're very well coached. But you look at this defense core, right? And this was without Sam Dickinson, Logan Mayu, Isaiah George, Jackson Edward, all studs. Jackson Edward, the Boston seventh round pick, is a steal in the seventh round. Edwards a very good hockey player, very good defenseman. Six foot three, one ninety one on the back end. That's a future six foot four, possibly six five, two hundred and ten pound defenseman in the National Hockey League. That's mm-hmm. gonna play. That's gonna get games in the NHL. And then you look at that. You got Oliver Bonk, very good defenseman out of Ottawa, second round pick for the Knights in twenty twenty one. Very good defenseman. I'm high on him. I mentioned Isaiah George, Ethan McKinnon, but. When you get Sam Dickinson back on that fifth, fourth pair spot for the defensive core, mm-hmm. this team's going to take off. Yeah. Like, this team's going to take off. So, good hockey team. I just think I watched this team play, Reese, and you saw it Saturday. If they were to acquire a guy like Shane Wright, a big main guy that can take them over the top, they're there. Yeah. They can definitely win a championship if they could acquire a guy like that. Right now, it's too early to tell, but if you make that statement, like the next headline, yeah. you're there. And speaking of that, do we go to that? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention the Knights have put themselves into sixth place in the Western Conference. They are six yeah, points behind Windsor for first. Yeah, they're back in. They're back. Yeah. yeah, they're back in it. And speaking of other superstars and being moved, and if you got to make that move to go to the top, the Peterborough Peets. Mm-hmm. I mean, props to them. It's a tough trade, trading Guriev. I really like Guriev, big physical defenseman. It's one of those moves where I feel like Flint gets the picks, where it's kind of a wait and see where either you can flip Guriev again at the deadline alongside a guy like Lombardi, who's now a draft, who's now a drafted player. But it's one of those things where you can either flip them again at the deadline to get more picks, or you could use those picks you got for often and buy. So it's one of those things that you tend to see early on in the season. You tend to see these early on superstar mm-hmm. moves because of that to get the picks. But props to the Peterborough Peets to getting that guy. Peterborough is a very deep team, a very deep team, and they're a tough team to beat now. They're getting Brandon off and run the Flint Firebirds. And then Flint received Artem Guriev, as mentioned, defenseman. Big, rugged defenseman. Then Flint receives a Hamilton second-round pick in 2024, a third-round pick of Peterborough's, 
and a third round pick of Peter Bills in 2023 and 2026. So that's a trade. Me personally, I didn't think they gave up that much. No, you kind of expected more, whether or not it was another player. Especially compared to McTavish. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. McTavish a player, a couple year. more picks. Um, you know, Tomasino, first-round draft pick as well, and not that him and Othman are the same player by far. Look at the haul that Tomasino was able to get. Yeah, especially for not a lot of picks. Yeah. Especially for not a lot of games. Exactly. That's a rental. Othman's a rental. But I guess it's yeah. not a rental now when you get a guy in November. But that's what the that's why I expected you'd have a couple more picks just because of the status. But mm-hmm. it, it's weird. It, it's weird. Sometimes you see a trade where a team acquires somebody for for not as much as you thought, and then there's a trade where it's like, wow, they gave up that much for that guy. But it's just interesting to see that the trade market's very unique mm-hmm. in that way. But here's the top six on Sunday for the Peterborough Pete's and Saginaw. They were defeated four two to the Spirit. By the way, the Spirit. Look out for them. They play hard. They're a very tough team to beat. The Saginaw will actually be in Hamilton Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. That's a very good game to go to. Mm-hmm. Go to that if you can. That is a very good OHL game to go to. Michael Misa right in the heart of Ontario. But the top six for the Peterborough Pete's on Sunday afternoon in Saginaw. Brandon Hoffman, Tucker Robertson, Connor Lockhart, J.R. Avon, Sahil Panwar, and Stillman, on, and Stillman as, the sixth, as the sixth forward. That's pretty solid. Chase Stillman is your sixth forward. That's solid. That is a solid team. So that's a solid top six, and that'll compete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peterborough coming into this weekend, 23 points, uh, fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're the ones chasing Ottawa in that division right now, seven points behind the 67s. They have three games played more than the 67s. That is the one downside um, to their spot. But like you said, they got way, 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 way better following that trade. Yeah, yeah 100%. They'll acquire a defenseman as well at the deadline. Yeah, yeah they trade Guria, but Peterborough's going to acquire a defenseman. They had defense core. They're definitely going to acquire a defenseman there. So that's a solid, that's a solid core. And also, speaking of trades, it's interesting. You got to remember, Mississauga still has the extra OA. And Ottawa has two OAs, so there might be a trade package there. I know Jakey Birdie's been a scratch for a while for the Mississauga Steelheads as an OA. That's a valuable piece for a team that wants to go for it. Twenty team in the top three or four in the conference that has an OA spot available. Jakey Birdie would be an excellent candidate for that spot as well as be your third mm-hmm. OA. Yeah. My last point here is so Reese from the weekend. The highlight reel goals on Saturday. Oh, my. <laughs> Avery Hayes with the Kucherov on a shorthanded breakaway opportunity. Like, what's up with these kids? Like, how can you, like, I don't know how someone can have, like, the nerve to do that in a game. Like, fast speed on a breakaway. Like, it's crazy how skilled this league is now and how much it's changed. But that's definitely a topic for me where it's like, wow, like the highlight real goals came out in effect this week. And then my last one, Brady Stonehouse pulling off the lacrosse goal Saturday against Niagara Ice Dogs. Like I said, like, this isn't like, what a skilled weekend. The highlight real package for the OHL, they were busy. They ever put together the highlight package there. They were busy on Saturday, that's for sure, because the goals were mm-hmm. flying this week. There's a lot of good ones, but I just want to mention that one too before we hit the break. Yeah, no, for sure. It's worth mentioning. All right. Uh, yeah, a couple more things. As we mentioned, show guest, not a big deal. Uh, Brody Crane, OHL player of the week. He was phenomenal, uh, especially in that game in Windsor on Saturday. Four goals, three assists over three games. He's also a plus three. Knights had a perfect weekend, three and oh. Uh, that included a 5-4 overtime win against Barry, as I mentioned, 6-1 win against Windsor, and then a 4-2 victory over the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And Joe Ranger taking home goaltender of the week. First time that he has done that this season. He had a goals against average of two even 
and a save percentage of 931. A couple of victories for him. 32 of 35 shots that he got um, in a 6-3 victory over Guelph. And then he beat Kitchener 6-1 at home. He stopped 22 of 23. So Joe Ranger, very good as he is named goaltender of the week. All right, when we come back, we're going to round out the show. Power rankings. That's how we're ending most of the shows nowadays. It's always a fun one to finish things off. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming up next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. No, that's perfect. We're at an hour right now, so. Five minutes. Yeah. So an hour five. Oh, we're recording still. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. One final segment before we round out the show. Power rankings this week, and Colin Ward remembers his from a week ago. I, I do too, but <laughs> Colin Ward wrote them down, and he just wants yeah, to show hey. the change. That's one thing we haven't done in the last couple of weeks. So um, he wanted to show the change between last week and this week. Yeah, so last week at five, I had Saginaw for the first time, and North Bay four. Three, I had Peterborough. Two, I had Windsor. One, I had Ottawa. That was my top five last week. Ottawa, one. Windsor, two. Peterborough, three. North Bay, four. And Saginaw, five. That's my top five teams. This week's different. All right. Number five. Dramatically. North Bay Battalion dropping from four to five. Just rightly so compared Mm -hmm. to the next teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that, North Bay. Um I, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. Um, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, North Bay Battalion still performing very very well. Um, but yeah, number five I think for for both of us. So uh, number four. Four. This where it gets interesting. Last week I had them two. This week I have them four. Windsor Spitfires dropped two spots. Tough game Saturday, Reese. That's a tough game. That is not a top two team in the Ontario Hockey League performance. That's a tough one. And I know those games happen, but hey, they're still in the top five. Not enough to drop in the top five. Yeah. But number four, Windsor Spitfires. Nice. Uh, number four for me is the Owen Sound attack. Uh, they go, they're on a three game win streak right now. They're, they've won seven out of their last 10. They've scored 71 goals this year. That I just want to confirm that. That is in the top four in the Western Conference. Um, above them is Flint. As I do some quick math here. Um, Windsor, Saginaw. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. No, it is Flint. Yeah, Flint, Saginaw, Windsor. And then, uh, then Owen Sound. Uh, is there in the number four spot uh, with goals. So for Owen Sound, um, yeah, they've got the four spot for me. Uh, number three, Colin. Yeah, so three for me, I'm going with the Owen Sound attack. Um, what a weekend. I mean, they've won three in a row. Team's playing good. Got some guys out of the lineup as well who are crucial to that team, and they're still finding a way to win. This is another team where if they can make a big trade on the back end, look for them to really be – a competitive team down the stretch in the playoffs, that would be a very tough out playing the you know, Owen Sound Attack. They're so deep up front. I just think they lack defense. If they can get some good defense, that team would take off. Oh, number three for me is the Windsor Spitfires. Um, yeah, they're still they're still a top spot um, in the Western yeah. Conference. Uh, like I said, was not good at all, not even by a little bit. Uh, against the London Knights just kind of seemed like they played down to their opponent in that game. Uh, not really expecting London to do a whole lot. London coming into that game with 15 points. Well, they've got 19 now once the weekend's over. So Windsor just got to, just got to tighten things up. You could see the frustration from Mark Savard on the bench uh, during that game, whether it was at his own team, whether it was at the officials or just anything in general. Uh, he, the team's better than they were on Saturday. So, uh, Windsor's still in the top three for me. Yeah, for sure. Number two. Yeah. Two for me. Two for me. This is the one. 
the Saginaw Spirit, too, for me. And I don't think it's really a splash. I mean, they're tied for first in the West. See, I have the games in hand, and they favor uh, Windsor. Yeah. But the Spirit are playing good hockey. And this is without Michael Misa, who's right now the lock for Rookie of the Year, which is kind of, like, crazy how good this draft is. I know I mention that every week. This past draft is probably the best draft in the last seven to ten years. And we had a good talk on Thursday at the Bulldogs event with Reed Duffy about this. And, like, we're naming guys that haven't even got the opportunity yet. I mean, Lucas Carmiris was the best player on that Brantford team, the best player in the Alliance Conference last season in minor midget. And he hasn't even had the opportunity to miss the saga. So, wait till he gets the opportunity as the best player of the Alliance. Like, this draft is, is incredible from last year. And, I mean, the last pick in the first round, Merrick Finacker, is a Rookie of the Year candidate at the moment. Obviously, it's November. But he's playing top six minutes. This draft is unreal. And the Saginaw Spirit are just continuing to get better as well, which is nice to see. And I like the way they play. They're um, tough. They're a really physical group. They're quick on the, on the outlet pass, which I like. Get mm-hmm. pucks out of their own end, part, partially because – Guys like Mintikoff are so smooth. They get the puck out of their own zone so fast, right? So yeah. I like Saginaw. That's a tough team to play against. And the goaltending is playing well right now. Yeah. I, I'm Saginaw at number two as well, four in a row. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're they're playing the best hockey uh, right now, minus Ottawa. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say you hit on all the points. Saginaw's two for me. And well, me and you can both agree 15 and one Three. to start the season. Three, two, one. Ottawa. Ottawa 67s. Number one team in the Ontario Hockey League. We've said it week after week. Their goal differential through 16 games is plus 40. 79 goals for. How is this team not number one on the CHL ranking? Like, what are we doing? Like... Is this the college football rankings? Well, yeah, Ohio State should be one. That's oh, my God. All right. But Let's go Bucks. Go Bucks. Hey, two weeks. Dreams turn into nightmares there in Ann Arbor. Go Blue or go home. But, yeah, but yeah the Ottawa 67s, very good hockey team. And as you mentioned, sorry, we're not in this subject. But as you mentioned, the goal differential, like, how are they not? Like, how are they not one? So that baffles me. And that's why we do the rankings. That is why we do the rankings. Because. Yeah, right? Numbers don't lie, people. Numbers don't lie. And hey, if you need a little help, we got you. That's in the segment number three yeah. of the OHL 60 podcast. Yeah, we're on it. Uh, all right. That but, wraps things up for this week. It was, uh, it was a fired up week. I can tell you that. Um, yeah, we're pissed. Yeah. All we can say is as we end the show, the city of Hamilton needs to figure it out. That yeah. Is, that is... Let the dogs roll. Yeah, exactly. So for Colin Ward, I'm Reese Demaney. Thanks so much for tuning in. Fun show as always. And we will chat again in seven days.